Hi there, thank you for tuning in to episode 12 of Saving the Republic. As you know, I'm Ethan Holland. Joining us today is Nate Dunning, as always, Skylar Waxman, and Jordan Clements. Uh, unfortunately, Kelly Neidert has still not joined us, but she will, and I promise that she will. Today we're talking about the 2020 election as well as the 2024 election, a list of uh, executive orders and some SCOTUS decisions. And we will be revising our bets from when Chaz would be dissolved and see who won. Thank you for tuning in to episode 12. So as it turns out, Chaz actually did not work out. Uh, it's already dissolved. Jordan, what were our bets, if you could lie that out for us? So our bets were, uh, Nate Dunning said uh, two weeks at most. Uh, my bets were was two weeks to a month. Uh, Skyler was uh, one month, and Ethan was no longer than one week. And that was... And we, that was from the episode published on June 15th. So that means that I lost by two days, but I was actually the closest. So not to flex or anything. But. Well, granted, I mean, we also recorded fair, that a few days earlier. To be fair, you also said no longer than one week. So I think... And, we, and we recorded that on what, the 13th? We record that hey, on the thirteenth. Hey, hey, hey. We 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 do not pre-record in this podcast. Yeah, this is all live, completely unedited. <laughs> Zero editing happens at all. I don't stay up till two a.m. the night before editing the videos. No, no, he does not. And Jordan and Skyler are on the campaign trail like some good white people mm-hmm. conservatives. Uh, they have their right hats on. Wow, they're getting paid a pretty penny by all those NRA donors. Uh, so here we are with. Chaz being dissolved. What do y'all have to say about that? Because it, it's just so stupid. Uh, let's see. They had three murders within a week, unless I'm mistaken. They put up a border wall. They put in their own police system. They had a leader. Uh, was he like the mayor or something? Ray is whatever. But anyway. uh, they had their garden and their list of demands. The truckers stopped going in there. And of course, what are we hearing? Oh, Rez was a failed leader. I mean, to be honest, I kind of thought Raz was a Republican because, you know, we see Elon Musk kind of being red, his red pill moment kind of coming right now. So uh, Raz drove a Tesla and was handing out guns out of the back. So, like, I kind of thought he was Republican there for a minute, but I guess I was wrong. So Uh, you were wrong. (laughs) Well, there is a group, a rising group of liberal left wing individuals who are very pro-gun because like uh, Vox Media, for example, is saying how the left needs to retake the gun issue. And their main argument is look at uh, 1917 in the Soviet Union. They didn't take over with a bunch of Starbucks cups and yeah. tweeting. Yeah, for <laughs> getting like tattoos and living in your parents' basement. Uh, and so what's annoying me the most is they're like, oh, it's just a failed leader. So he gets put into the pile of Maduro, Chavez, Ortega, Castro, uh, what's the others from Europe? That's just Latin America. Uh, Khrushchev, all of them. Uh, uh, Brezhnev, Gorbachev, Gorby. There you go. There you go. Yeah. But but hey, when the right person does it, it's gonna be amazing. So mm-hmm. uh, supposedly. Um, anyway, but I. Hey, it just I'd it's like just never say, been tried in the right way, you know. Right, right. I'd like to say that you know, it you know, 
it's a good thing that it got dissolved, whatever, and that it makes sense. But I really had no idea what to expect from Chaz. I really just had no idea. I was like, this might last forever. This is just people on a rant. I mean, it, oh, it's just so stupid. It just, but it, I, I don't think it's bad that I'm not surprised. It's just, it, it takes a lot to surprise anybody in 2020. Yeah, for me, I was like, I thought it could go a month because I was like, you know, if the mayor doesn't step in and the you know, state police, if they don't step in, then it could go for a long time. But it, they sort of had to stop it when there's murders going on. So yeah. Yeah, and then they like dismantled the Seattle City Hall or something. Well, they? what I thought was really weird about the uh, murders and the shootings that happened were. Uh, the victims were calling for like trying to sue the police and EMS for not actually going into Chaz. And I was like, wasn't that the whole point was that it's an autonomous zone? Well, it's all the businesses who kind of got drug in against their will because you figured that a bunch of these soy boys going up erecting these border walls, there's going to be a good amount of people on the other side of that fence. That's going to be like, yeah, we don't want this, but we can't move. And it's kind of almost like what happened between India and Pakistan. They erected the borders and some people were like, oh, we don't want to be here. Well, I was kind of like, thinking. Did you, say, did you say soy boys? Yes. Yes, it was a soybean union. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I got it. I got it. <laughs> I, I was actually going to compare it almost to a Berlin Wall situation where you had people trying to like get on whatever side they wanted and thought was going to succeed. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I assume, and I've seen that a lot of those people actually failed at picking which side would succeed, but, you know, they tried. They tr- they tried, he said. <laughs> yeah, they, I, what was their mission statement, I guess is my question. What was their goal going into this? I don't think they came up with a mission statement. Well, I, I remember they were trying to say, like, no more cops, um, they wanted like more money devoted to Black Lives Matter. They and it ended up only knows none of their demands were met. Yeah, none of the demands were met, and honestly, like I think they dissolved it just out of embarrassment because they created the like they they created exactly what they said they didn't want, and actually a worse degree to three three murders within a week with that many people that were in Chaz is terrible. If you look at that, like, like for how many people were in Chaz compared to per capita throughout the country, that is a terrible death rate, and uh, it's just an embarrassment. And then the gardens, that, oh, that cracked me up. The gardens. Uh, yeah, anyway. and what's sad though is it. What's so tragic about this is Chaz is so innocent, so naive, and yet it Cain, Cain and Abel lasted longer before they started killing each other. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've seen a few toddlers throw tantrums in like grocery stores and restaurants before, and this is kind of what happens when you don't punish that. Mm -hmm. So when you let the toddler throw a tantrum at like, I don't know, 25 to 30, that's kind of what it looks like. Do y'all think, I was watching uh, Joe Rogan and he was talking about how he thinks that it was a good move on Seattle's part to just let them take over. Because it's like when you're a kid, this is the example he used, like when your kid wants to tie their own shoes now, but they have no idea how to do it. And so it's like, oh, you want to tie your shoes? And so they take a step back and then they're like, go ahead and tie your shoes then. 
and then they you sit there staring at the shoes for like a minute because they have no idea how to do it and then you have to go in there and tell them okay you get the rabbit ears and you do it like that and i'm just like i don't know if i agree with that i mean he i think he's on to something but i don't necessarily think seattle has done anything smart in these last like in this last month like at all i mean um, we could make the like, argument oh, you, you that seattle make better cities uh, we could make the argument that Seattle hasn't done anything smart in a very long time well, no, it's as Seattle. a city. <laughs> you talk about California. Seattle is like California on steroids. Seattle is so much worse. It, oh, my. Seattle is – I went to California, and then I went to Portland, and I was like, I have no desire to go to Seattle because from, from just what I've seen so far, and they say that Seattle's worse, I want nothing to do with that. That sounds so just terrible. I went to San Francisco like three years ago. It's the only place in California I've been. That was all, all of California that I needed to see. And I actually didn't go to In-N-Out and totally forgot. But uh, so I went to San Francisco. There, No, it's true. There's syringes on the sidewalks. There's crap. I was like, nah, it's just the media. When he says there's oh, crap, everywhere. he means there's literal crap on the sidewalks. Human, human crap. Not like in the stockyards, like, you know, horses. No, like this is like, like human feces. And then Portland is, like, worse. You talk about San Francisco. No, 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 no. You haven't seen anything. Go to Portland. Portland is so bad. It is so bad. We went out because we were bored, me and my dad, at, like, 11 o'clock at night. Not not a good decision. There was, like, nothing open. Everything's closed. There's always protesters. And I, I find it funny that in liberal cities there are protesters, but all the people that they want elected are elected. It's different, like, if you protest and you're living in a place where your higher-ups have different views than you. But when you're protesting and you agree with the people in charge, then you shouldn't have to be protesting, if that makes sense. I just well, I think uh, there was an, an Austin, like, a couple weeks ago. They, like, vandalized the city hall, and they were, like, mm-hmm. talking about how they, they – what did they put on there? Like, fascist or something like that? It's I like haven't gone downtown so forever. It's like they were complaining to, like, Aust- the city of Austin. It's like – I don't – like, wasn't the last – uh, Republican on the city council. Um, Don Zimmerman. Yeah, it's not someone, but I don't, I swear there's not like, there's currently not, I, don't, I think there's currently not a Republican city council member. There isn't. And so, wasn't it Chuck's clear or something like that? Maybe, I, I, I don't know. But the point uh, hasn't been for a while. Yeah, so like they're complaining. So they're, to, they're like spray painting like fascists or whatever, but they are currently run by like, but it goes to show um kind of like where they believe the power lies like you think like the, the a key difference between those on the right and the left is that those on the right believe that the local authorities have the most power that the local governments are the most effective creating this change while those on the other side of the spectrum typically believe more in like federal supremacy believe that it is up to the state and national government to take care of the cities are more are more or less um territorial divisions so that's probably so they're not going to be satisfied so and i think most of us at least on this show believe in kind of a federalist system of uh giving uh power to local governments as opposed to federal governments hmm. but of course not too much we don't want like cities overrunning us like austin agreed like there are a lot of uh, local you know, bureaucrat dictator types that, you know, they want to mandate, mandate everything. So, I'm, I mean, I'm of the, the local control argument that we always hear. 
let's go cities are manifestations of state it's not they're artificial I mean, the kind of sad thing about Austin is that the state has to step in with things like their homelessness problems and such. Yeah, I live there. Like, it's not like what Ethan was describing is going to be Austin within the next 10 years. I mean, I visit people on West Campus and stuff like that, and there's, like, homeless people that just, like, run up at, like, college girls and are like, give me $40 or I'm going to just mess with you, things like that, and, like, no one's there to stop it. Oh, I've seen that in West Camp. I haven't seen that in like West Campus because I've gone there a lot. Cause that's like where the social scene is. Well, social they, uh, scene to is. The listeners but... confused. They were referring to the Inferior University of Texas, uh, which is a Texan just in name only. Uh, the Longhorns. Uh, that is what they're referring to when they when they say West. The Longhorns. Ethan, I think you know what we have to hit them with right now. College, in Texas. And I say that as a member of the UT system. <laughs> I've been very Ethan, I think you know what we have to hit him with California now. in Texas. Oh, right, right. There we go. There no, we go. no, no. Who no. knows whose camera this is showing? This is Zoom. Yes, uh, but... No, it's I showing Nate right now. Up, <laughs> uh, let's uh, just... Wait, oh, it's showing Nate. Is it showing Nate? Let's, I think I just pinned some computer. video right there. <laughs> now, imagine... Uh, y'all, do y'all think that the people in Chaz are college-educated? I mean, theoretically, UCLA and UC Berkeley are colleges. What are you saying, Skylar? Nate's got this big compression mic, and Skylar's using headphones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. College education doesn't really have much to do with actual intelligence, because you can be an, an educated idiot and an uneducated, um, could be an un, uneducated genius. Uh, education is well, but, generally and, and I'm not. But, yeah. I wasn't necessarily generalizing that. I'm just saying that it, it's it's more ironic are all college educated. I would imagine that most of them are in college and they were just like on break. I mean, but colleges like UCLA and UC Berkeley are also considered colleges. So, I think this is yeah, and they charge. How that. much does UCLA charge? I have no idea, but they are considered to be Jordan, the Jordan. How much? How much is uh, UT like? room and board and tuition like all at the end of the day per year so tuition is like 10 is roughly like 10k like 10 9 something it depends on what college you're in so for example i'm in the macomb school of business uh which is number five in the country so don't give me that inferior ut crap but um i'm talking about morals here you're okay. california <laughs> now do you like in and out though Oh God, no! Well, I like it. Okay, I like it and out. I like it and out. I like it and out, but it's inferior to P. Terry's and Whataburger. But I'm not referring to education. Nobody goes to college for education. Okay, yes, but I'm. But UT, it's like sorry, ten thousand, like ten to eleven hundred, ten thousand to eleven thousand, roughly, right? um, For um, tuition, just depends on which college you're in. McCombs costs more than the College of Bellars, for example. board room and board it depends on what dorm you're in the cheapest ones like the really older like the older ones will be like or like the unrenovated floors of jester back when they had that be like ten thousand. though if you want so like your own like 20 30 a year basically mm-hmm. and if you uh, wanted to have like your own room in like san jack which san jacinto which is one of the newest dorms it'd be like almost twenty thousand. So UCLA is $35,000 a year for in-state. 
out of state is $64,000. Do illegal immigrants get in-state tuition or out-of-state tuition? That's a very in Texas, in-state. In Texas, is in-state. Mm-hmm. I assume it's, it's I assume it's the same in California. Oh, it's it's whatever is more convenient is what it is. Not we have logical. A, it's whatever at the end of the day is cheapest. My freshman year, um, my the YCG chapter I'm currently the chairman of actually uh, did a, a tabling event over that, calling for it to end. And the next day, uh, state rep Kyle Biederman filed a bill to fail um, to end it. Though it being the eighty sixth session, of course, nothing good. Nothing good. Uh, came out of it except for uh red light cameras being banned the property tax bill being decent and i've ran so many reds ever since that day when i got that notification i was like oh yeah here we go here we go (laughs) it's like a daily thing now um you do realize that they're still up it's a phase out plan right (laughs) yeah but i'm not gonna pay it um (laughs) you were never actually obligated to pay those Mm. you didn't have to no yeah you're right it's like a big libertarian sticker saying uh don't pay your red throw out your uh, RL, uh, red light camera tickets. Well, they're not very accurate, but I hear they do great work over there at YCT. I'd love to be a part of it one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd also love to be a part of YCT <laughs> at some point in time. I'd, I, don't, I can't imagine how difficult it must be to start a chapter on a campus, but I, you know, I'd seriously I hear, consider I hear it. I YCT.org and then you hit start chapter, they tend to respond like within 10 minutes. Yeah, um, they're pretty quick to respond, even if it's like 1 a.m. <laughs> but, uh, so I think that pretty much covers up our opinions on Chaz. There's not really much to talk about because it's a bunch of idiots. Uh, and that is not an inflammatory comment. That's just how it goes. And now see, I was getting sued for it. <laughs> <laughs> As a quick uh, transition, I uh, just want to make a quick announcement that we are going to be, all five of us, recording in person uh, soon. Uh, more details coming on that later. And Jordan is going to be an addition on the team, but more details are coming to that later. Just enjoy his presence for now. Uh, anyways, and so now we are going to be moving on to our next topic. So we're going to talk a little bit about a couple of Supreme Court rulings that have come out recently. Uh, one of them is um, ruling that the 1964 Civil Rights Act actually protects LGBT employees from discrimination uh, from their employer based on their sexual orientation. The logic there was that because your orientation depends on your your sex, that if you're discriminated against because of your orientation, it is essentially because of your sex. You can't have a sexual orientation without sex. To me, it seems a little convoluted, doesn't really make sense. Um, What are y'all's thoughts about that? So my first thought that comes to mind coming from a Christian education background is that it kind of steps on the feet of religious institutions that may be forced into keeping gay people on staff, even though that goes against their religious beliefs uh just things like that that would be concerning for the religious community especially since terms keep coming up like separation of church and state and things like that that people especially on the left have been screeching about for the last very long time since i've been alive even before then so that's my initial thoughts on that 
So I know like um, a lot of orig- uh, textualists and originals were kind of disappointed that uh, Neil Gorsuch was the um, like sided with John Roberts and the liberals on this decision. And he actually has been defending it, saying that this is the originalist uh, textualist um, definition, while like Samuel Alito and his dissent just tore him anew, essentially saying like Antonin Scalia would um, would never have joined this. So like personally, I actually have like a, like a personal conspiracy theory because I can't because this might be my denial phase of um my de- I might be in denial still uh, that Gorgeous could do this, but um my theory is essentially that he created such a ver- such a bad legal argument that he poison pilled it because one way or another Roberts was gonna vote for this and and the liberals would have won. And if, like, RB, if RBG, for example, um, the notorious RBG, I should say, if she had um, written it, it might have been like a stronger legal case. But since Gorsuch did the one, the way he did it, maybe it can be overturned one day. Who knows? But basically the the Supreme Court is the only branch of government that's legislating. <laughs> it was a little surprising yeah. to see Gorsuch, or really surprising to see Gorsuch join the liberals. And like we've We've seen Gorsuch side with him on different cases, and so he's actually, it's it's not weird that he would side with him, but on this pers- on this um, specific case, it, I just, I can't think, I can't mm-hmm. think of why he would, why he would join them. It's yeah, totally you- a surface level um, thing, and it, what I've heard, sorry, mm-hmm. but what, I, what I've heard is that he's doing it to preserve the image of the Supreme Court and to keep its popularity, um, so yeah. But yeah, like whenever Gorsuch sides with the liberals, well, like whenever Gorsuch signs with the liberals, it's because like it was right to do so. Because the thing to know about the Supreme Court is even just because the liberals agree with the liberal wing, which would be uh, Stephen Breyer, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Sotom- uh, Sotomayor, and um, Kagan, like uh, just because they all agree on something doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. It's not like um, it's not like Congress, for example, where um, where like Nancy Pelosi is agreeing with it. There's a pretty good chance that it's bad. If the liberals are on, like, if it's good legal arguments, then it's good legal arguments. But in this case, it was just off the wall. Like Samuel Alito, like, if y'all are uh, big legal junkies, I encourage you to read uh, Alito's ascension because he tore um, Gorsuch anew, essentially, in the most cordial, polite way as the as the Supreme Court uh, demands and uh, basically said that, uh, basically said that the original Antonin Scalia who founded textualism would not stand for this, would not stand for the abuse of that ideology to legislate from the bench. Yeah, I I tend to agree with that. Um, uh, I would definitely recommend to, uh, to read those. They, uh, they tend to be, uh, very interesting sometimes, and I think this is one of those times. Yeah, and what Jordan was saying about, uh, you know, it's not like where when Nancy Pelosi says something's, you know, that example. It's true because, you know, in Congress, they're they're always following the trend because they have to be reelected. They're always, every single two years, they're very flaky on their beliefs because they know that this this is a time of 2020 where it's a new headline every minute. And so I need to just follow the course, just coast with it, and line up with what everybody thinks they believe. And uh, on the Supreme Court, you're there for life. So it's just, you know, 
Yes, but part of that is also because of the job itself is interpretation of but law. But preserving pres Jordan, did you say that his excuse was he wanted to preserve the popularity of the Supreme Court? Did I hear that correctly? Yeah, I said that. That's something that I've heard. Oh, that, that was Skylar. I'm sorry. Yeah, Gorsuch just Gorsuch just said it that way um, in order to preserve like the popularity of the court. I don't know. The, I feel like Roberts is the same thing. Who cares about the popularity of the court? It's the Supreme Court for that reason. So that you well, something that Roberts always wants to talk about, though, is he wants to make the Supreme Court as have as little controversy as possible. He wants to escape That's this funny. era of um, polarization without having a new Dred Scott case that throws a country into a civil war that's what robert that's what robert's mindset is at least and that's probably why he did this is because he knows that if the supreme court were to say yeah gay people can be fired for being gay especially in the way of the pride month we might have um two riots competing for each other and i don't think i think robert just wanted to avoid so that what controversy was the, yeah, what was the actual think, case about specifically i, I see i see I, what you're saying home before you answer i see what you're saying but but he's still sparking controversy by doing what he did. He's yeah, but conservatives don't riot. But conservatives don't riot. I don't agree I, well, with yeah, what he because, did. Well, I mean, they they riot in the effective way, if that makes sense. They don't do like a chaz. They do like a hold on until we get there. They do a hey, let's show up to the polls and put people in office who think, hey, maybe we should elect Supreme Court right, officials they, they or a, they do more of a long term impose a term limit, things like that. They do more so of a long-term solution. But Nate, what was your question? Uh, my question was just what is the uh, what was the original case that the Supreme Court was looking over that caused so the ruling? I haven't pulled it up right here. Uh, it's, a, it's from like NPR, so take it as you please. But um, it says two They're supposed two to be involved yeah, <laughs> two involved employees who sued after contending they had been fired because they were gay. One of them, Gerald Bostock won awards for his work as a child welfare coordinator for Clayton County, Georgia, but said he was fired after he joined a gay recreational softball league. As he told NPR in October, within months I was fired from being gay, lost my livelihood, lost my medical insurance, and was recovering from prostate cancer at the time. It was devastating. The second case involved Donald Zardo, a now deceased skydiving instructor who was gay. The third case was brought by Amy Stevens, who worked for six years as a male funeral director in Livonia, Michigan, was fired two weeks after she told her boss that she was transgender and would be coming to live with a woman. She died earlier this year, but her case lives on. Anyway, um, yeah. So that was that. Well, I certainly fall into the camp of a business should be able to hire and fire anyone for any reason they see fit. I mean, that's just how the system works. And if something like that think, were to happen and it were to get media attention, it looks terrible on the employer. It's, it's not something, it's, it's not necessarily something that needs to be legislated on because in a true free market system that's something where the publicity from that action happening would essentially cause um would, would essentially cause a ripple effect that causes a business to get shut down if that reflects the beliefs of the community but how does this compare to, me, to I would, like i would go ahead Scott. for me i would prefer if it were actually legislated rather than um come down from the supreme court uh, because look if, if congress wants to write a law saying that you can't that you can't fire people 
because of their sexual orientation, then you know, I would probably disagree with it, but at least it would be coming from the actual legislative body that is tasked with creating laws rather than the judicial system, which is supposed to uh, determine whether something is constitutional or lawful. So I'd prefer that it come from the correct branch. Um, I agree that it didn't come from the correct branch, but I also disagree with the law itself that has been, the case law that has been created by this. Well, how do y'all think this compares to the bakery that, from a few years ago that didn't want to sell the cake to the gay wedding? Or they basically are retrying that is what it sounds like to me. Because I don't know if y'all saw the video of uh, well, Stephen Crowder, like, because you know how uh, Muslims tend not, to fall to the left. Uh, Stephen Crowder went to all these bakeries that were all Muslim owned and he went like dressed up as if he was gay and he was like hey I'm getting married can y'all do my cake for me and it was like he went to like 10 bakeries and all of them told him he couldn't do it so that was more of a like like, right to refuse that was more of a right to refuse business to people so like let's say you're trying to sell me something and then you find out oh I'm a conservative person. I don't want to do business with you anymore. That's where your right to refuse service comes in. Right. And I, and like the thing to note here is the difference between the gay bakery and the Christian bakery and like the, and like the right to fire is they are completely different sections of different titles of the Civil Rights Act. Yes. I don't think I don't think there's a discrimination on the basis of sex provision. And right and right in the script uh, refusing service title. I think that's I think that's title two. I want to say I think I want to say title two is the one that deals with um, that states that businesses can't refuse um, service to like based on the basis of skin of skin color. I don't think there's one on the basis of sex because no one refused service to women at the time. So and that's and that's part of the reason why a lot. Um, Alito tore into Gorsuch over this court case ruling is because back then, especially in 1964, homosexuality was not something that was on the forefront. Stonewall wouldn't be for another four years. Even MLK, I want to say, was like vehemently homophobic. A lot of like the early feminists were anti-lesbian. Um, just was on the forefront. So to say that they that they did like the basis of sex for that. It's just ludicrous. Yeah, I, I agree. It's it's that kind of legislating from the bench that I I feel like people should be against and completely dislike just because. Debate, though. I just don't understand why it's a debate because you have the legislative, you have the executive, and you have the judicial. So I would be curious to see. controversy about it? My big curiosity comes when a church fires someone who came out as gay or a Christian school, for example, things like that, where there would be a solid argument for that being the government stepping on the feet of religion. Yeah, yeah and I think, um, go ahead. and I think that's, that kind of lends itself to like my Gorsuch poison pill theory that eventually this can be overturned because Gorsuch probably knew that Roberts was going to, that Roberts was probably going to join the libs on this. And he created a very faulty argument that can eventually be overturned because there was, there's no religious basis to discriminate against someone for, for their sex. Well, okay. Actually it does depend on the religious. Um, I should correct myself. It depends on the religion, but 
if there was like a Supreme Court case about that, like a um, fundamentalist Christian or fundamentalist Muslim company firing a woman or refusing to hire women, I'd be interested to see what the result of that was. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think I've seen anything where that has happened before. But I'm very curious to see what happens in the coming months with cases going to various lower level and eventually upper level courts to uh, see how that this plays out. And what people are forgetting is like, yeah, we have a pandemic. We had the Black Lives Matter, but there's still a ton of stuff going on with Supreme Court, with executive orders. We're about to talk about the elections. There are mm-hmm. so many things going on and all these people are just focused on COVID and all these things. Meanwhile, the SCOTUS is doing this, all these executive orders being laid out. It's like, why can't people just recalibrate? Why cannot, why can't people just refocus? I, I'm really starting to get frustrated with that. At this point, COVID, first COVID was scary. Then it was like, you know, uncertainty. And then it was acceptance. And now it's just annoyance. It's just annoying. It's just like, it's just a pill. At least they, at least they got it right on the asylum seeker one. At least they got it right that, um, at least they got that one right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's, mm-hmm. I mean, I still think there's more to be done, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's a start. I mean, a perfect system, at least for immigration, I think we are still far from it, but there's going to have to be drastic change to find at least a close to perfect system that, or even one that's just significantly better than the one we have. Sure. Sure. Uh, and I think both sides are going to have to give some on the, on the immigration issue because we are going to, we each have very like opinionated views on the immigration issue uh, and bringing in Kelly. She has hers too. And that will be coming in the near future that we will be going into deep detail on that for about an hour. Yes. But anyway, just to kind of subframe it a little bit, um, I think at least letter of the law wise, they seem to have gotten it right on this one. But at the same time, it's still somewhere where we need to continue working. Definitely. Well, I think we've each given our takes on this. Anybody else have more comments on it so far? All right, I think we're all good. Uh, so next we're going to be talking about the 2020 election, but not only that, uh, the 2020 election, I, I mean, I think it's a pretty safe call, but whatever. Um, even if it's not a safe call, it's Biden and it's Trump at least right now. So there's only so much that you can talk about until the debates start happening. But in 2024, there is like a lot. I, I keep looking at 2024. I'm not even like looking at 2020. 2024 is my big concern. So we're going to talk about that for a little bit. So on now to the 2020 election and kind of looking into the future at 2024. So I've heard a lot, a mixed bag from both sides of the aisle on the 2020 election. I've heard Republicans say we need to try to get everyone out to the polls because I don't think Trump can win. I've heard Democrats say the same thing, but for Biden, I've heard Democrats say that there's no way Trump can win. It's going to be Biden. I've heard Republicans say there's no way that Biden can win. It's going to Trump. So what are y'all's kind of predictions on the election? My predictions? 
Yeah. <laughs> I think um, it's just R3. Specifically the presidential race. Well, I'm going to so, I'm going to go ahead and just uh, I'm going to do it. Uh I'm going to bet that uh Maga. I don't know about y'all. That's just my bet. It's actually CAG right now oh, because yes, of uh, No, not anymore. Nonsense is COVID nonsense threw us into recession. Oh, so now we're back to Maga. Okay. That's great. No, I'm saying it's Maga. Make America great again again. Yeah, I heard I heard Pence say that the other time. He's like, and now we will make America great again, again. And I was just like, okay, that's <laughs> yeah. yeah, so my bet is um I bet Trump will win re election, but I can but only be because of the debates. I think that right now, if the election were to be held tomorrow, he would lose. Um because he hasn't disagree with that, but mm-hmm. but why? Why do you feel that way? Because Republicans seem to be like a bit more, ap- because Republicans are mad at, are can't like are upset that Trump hasn't taken a more hardline approach to all the, um, to all the riots and stuff and everything going on. Because and while Chaz, he has taken, just to throw it back while, a bit, while he just while he he has been saying the right things, he hasn't been tough. He hasn't been sending in national guard. He hasn't been doing what he's been threatening to do. He's just like to a lot to some Republicans, he's been kind of in his bunker and waiting it out so i think a lot of republicans are kind of going like what the hell but i think that in regards to um the actual election i think once you put trump on stage with biden where cnn will have an nbc and stuff will have no, or whoever's going to host the debates have no choice but to show trump unedited live i think and tr- trump's going to blow a biden-sized hole in the wall oh yeah uh, on the, so, the thing you're saying about Republicans being mad at him, I I can kind of her Ben Shapiro. Yeah. Kinda, yeah, Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro. Oh my, Ben Shapiro didn't even vote in 2016. I find that so. Well, he's weird. a Trump supporter that's, now. That's, so now, now, sure, but that's another conversation. Well, so Trump, my my yeah, rule is a moderate in it on, as a running. Focus on what though. you focus on what you just said though. Uh, you know, I can kind of agree with that. You know, it's kind of annoying that he hasn't just sent him in. And anyway. But at the same time, having kind of waiting it out, some would argue, is a good strategy. I think it depends on who. First of all, I'm not saying I agree with that. I'm just saying that that is tends to be a strategy. Uh, I think that's what happened with Chaz, and that's why it's like done. It's like, oh really? Like the the thing that Jordan was saying about your kids. It's like just give them a second, and they're gonna be confused. It's like it's like when you're a kid and you're like, I'm gonna run away, and then your parents like pack your bag for you, and you make it like a block away, and then you come back. That's basically what's going on. Uh, now, I don't know that that applies to, like, Chicago or Minnesota or anything like that. There, I do think he should have done some different things. Um, but at the same time, though, his approval rating in, 20, in 2017 compared to now is, what, like, 12 points higher? Uh, I might be mistaken. I, when he first got elected, wasn't it, like, 36%? His approval ratings were a lot higher um, right before COVID. I haven't seen the new numbers. But in, but in 2017, his approval ratings, like, when he first got elected, were, like, in the 30s, I think. And yeah, it was low. COVID, he was he was ticking up to, like, 52%. And now mm-hmm. he's at, like, like 48, I think, or 47. So my, que- my question is, to the people that voted for Trump last time, and in the GOP, it's 96%. It, went, it was 98, but it went down to, like, 95. Uh, uh, but my, I don't think that anybody that voted for him in the past has changed their mind, if anything. I think even the Republicans that say they don't necessarily like him anymore like Joe Biden less enough to the point that they would still vote for him again. 
Well, they, kinda, they, they, even if I think they would vote for him, even if they don't like him, because of what Nate's saying, Joe Biden would be such a disaster. It's not even going to be Joe Biden; it's going to be his vice president. He's going to make it about a year in, maybe two if we're lucky, and she's going to who she will be calling all the shots, or maybe he'll be president, just not doing anything. Honestly, I don't think you should assume pronouns like that, Ethan. That's just honestly, we don't know. He said it will be. A he woman. may have said That's it was said a woman, she... but we don't know what her pronouns will be. Okay. I guess. Well, also something we need to consider is that unlike 2016, where we had like Gary Johnson as the LP candidate, who was a relatively known governor of New Mexico, now it's like Joe Jorgensen, who's not very well known, unless you're like some, unless you have friends who are still libertarian and follow the Libertarian Party for whatever reason. Skyler, as our libertarian friend on this podcast, what are your thoughts on him? Apologies, apologies, libertarian leaning. Oh, Joe Jorgensen. Joe, 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 about Trump or yeah, Joe Jorgensen? Joe Jorgensen. Oh, that's a chick. That's a chick. So that kind of proves our point. Apologies. I'm not sure. What's her like claim to fame? I know she's been involved in in the Libertarian Party for a long time. I think that's it. I think she's just um, a party insider. Well, because so essentially, Joe Biden, but as a libertarian. Well, I joke. I joked around as I. Jorgensen, I don't think No, so so something important to know about the Libertarian Party um, as a recovering libertarian is the, the way libertarians select their nominee is not like how Republicans and Democrats do. It's a lot like how they did it back in the old days where it's party officials and party delegates that vote for um, the vote to send the delegates to the national convention to vote for um the nominee so it's basically a party insider game so if you are active in the party for a long time you get rewarded because all the other fellow activists know you and are able to kind of elect you into um elect the delegates that will vote for you in uh, the national convention gotcha and joe something that's really bizarre is that you they vote for the presidential uh nominee and the vice presidential the vice presidential nominee separately so they ended up with Go well. Yeah. Last time. Last time. Um, last time you had two governors. You had Gary Johnson and you had Bill Weld. So people with actual experience. Now you have Joe Jorgensen, who's not, you know, doesn't have any elected uh, experience. But that's not that bad compared to the vice presidential nominee, Spike Cohen. Just an absolute joke. Um, and it's kind of just makes a mockery of the whole party, which is why. He's a great reason why a lot of people don't take the Libertarian Party seriously. Um, and of course, the and of and the reason why we're mentioning this is, as opposed to 2016, where the Libertarian Party seemed to have somewhat of a viable candidate until Gary Johnson was like, "What's Aleppo?" Um, they don't really have that this time. They only have an like a, um, an activist, and like you can make the claim that like yes, Trump was also very inexperienced, but at least Trump had a national name recognition from his show, was known to be a successful businessman. Joe Jorgensen is no one outside of um, the Libertarian libertarian Party circles. And I actually posted something. Um, I quote tweeted her and I said, um, a vote for Joe is a vote for Joe. I mean, as we've just right. proven case in point with me, I didn't even know that Joe was a she. I just assumed mm-hmm. that uh, Joe was yet another man running. 
Well, it works. It works on Twitter because um, her name is spelled just J O. So you can like ah. spell it out. A vote for Joe with an e, uh, O is a vote for a Joe with an E. Gotcha. Yeah, there. That was a lot of information about the Libertarian Party that I uh, yeah yeah can't say more than anybody time. cares about. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit more than anybody cares about. I mean, it's I the think, Libertarian Party. <laughs> I think um, I think the election is just kind of it's really interesting because I think Trump is a way stronger candidate than Joe Biden. Uh, I think Joe Biden isn't a good speaker, and he's just not the right guy for right now. Well, think about this. But, Trump rallies, they wait like three days in outside, like in, no matter what the weather is, and then Trump speaks for like two hours. Joe Biden, like like people wait. I, I guess there's somebody out there that waits longer than five minutes, but his speeches, well, I think I think his longest rally was like 20 minutes. Yeah. What, what I was going to say, though, so like Trump's sorry, definitely sorry, the stronger... Sorry. Yeah, Trump's definitely the stronger candidate, uh, but the thing is, Biden does have a lot going for him in that kind of the economy is just shut down, and people attribute that to Trump. Meanwhile, the you know the number of coronavirus cases is still going up, although you know it's really not as a percentage, it's really not that much, but the number is still going up. So they're pinning all this, they pin all of it on Trump. Um, but like Jordan, but you said, really, but you really think Biden has the ability to capitalize on that? No, once the debates happen, yeah. But but even but even if he, even if, but do you really think that you can use COVID against Trump even in the economic situation? Do you really think that anybody, whoever the candidate is, can capitalize on that? Because well, no, especially not Joe Biden. Because if you look at the economy under Obama when they had no circumstances, the disaster that that was. Well, the thing to note with Joe Biden, though, it doesn't have to be him that capitalizes it. All that has to be is like some super PAC that does it for him. Sure, have no contact with him. That's all it takes. At the same time, the second he gets to a microphone and has to defend himself, he's not going to be able to do it. Well, yeah, and that's why we're, but that's, but that's why Joe Biden's like trying mine, to cancel the debates. Most families like mine remember in 2008 when everybody's incomes dropped like half. Like we all, we all remember how, how it was, especially if you're like, like a true middle-class family, you know firsthand that was a disaster. Now, of course, some of that is Bush's fault, but that's but whether whether he even brings it up or not. It's I mean, it's already something that everybody's experiencing, and just naturally, uh, you know, a bad economic situation is not going to help the president. Uh, the the thing is, it's totally government forced. You know, it's a government forced shutdown of the economy, um, which we're just you know we're creeping back from now uh the ironic thing is that trump's policies are actually you know way better for the economy than biden's would be um but because of the coronavirus it's all gonna it's all gonna get pinned on trump and so i think it's gonna be a close election i i can't predict it one way or the other um because do y'all believe they're all good i think how how do y'all you know, we're all we're all conservatives. We're all gonna have to go campaign. We all work for YCT, whatever. What do y'all? What are y'all's takes on looking at the polls? Because remember, the polls in 2016 did not reflect on election day at all. That was a complete spin around, uh, in my opinion. For because I remember watching the TV and I was like, wait a second, wait a second, wasn't this supposed to be different than this? And I'd be flipping through all the different, you know, CNN, Fox, MSNBC. I'd be watching all of them, and I'm like, wait a second. They were saying, you mean to tell me this many people changed their mind in one day? And then, uh, so now here we are in Texas, and they're like, Biden's going to get Texas, bro. I highly doubt it. 
I highly doubt that too, but a big difference though between the coverage in 2020 and the coverage in 2016 is in 2016, they focused on the, na- the nationwide polls. And the nationwide polls actually ended up being correct. Hillary Clinton beating Trump and the nationwide popular vote by um, roughly 2%. But what the news didn't realize was that our, was electoral college is what reigned. They never really reported on local state polls. That's so, not what they're doing this year. They're doing they're focusing more on state polls. I haven't seen a single um, news station cover covering the national um, polls saying like, uh, "Oh, Biden is leading Trump nationwide, forty six to forty four, whatever the the numbers are." They've been focusing more on he's losing in these key states, and that's what they weren't doing in twenty sixteen. They were focusing on the popular vote, which was correct. It's just we built this country to not rely on the popular vote. So kind of my thoughts on this coming from a data science background is that data is very easy to manipulate and very easy to mess up. It's, it could be either one, but you know, it's, it's very easy to, you know, manipulate the polls even just a little bit, it's very easy to say, mm-hmm. oh, let's get, you know, 20% of our callers that we call for this poll be, uh, let's say, people from New York City. Uh-oh, that's 20% that's most likely going to be liberal based off of the demographics of the area. Yeah, during election night, it was funny, like, you know, we, like, we, we saw the results coming in, and, you know, whenever we saw that, like, Pennsylvania and Ohio and Florida and was it Michigan? Yeah, Michigan. Michigan, went, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, the blue yeah. wall fell. Ironically, yeah. Trump won so like, by a wall falling. Yeah, so we saw, like, we saw all those go for Trump. But then, um, you know, like, the consolation prizes, uh, you know, for, for Democrats is, like, oh, you got California. Like, you won California by a huge margin. Um, so congrats on that. But that wasn't, you know... That's that was basically where uh, you know Hillary's popular vote margin came in for mm-hmm. the most part. I think was, was like she won California, and so and possibly from legal alien votes too. <laughs> yeah, uh, and and dead people voting. Mm-hmm. Dead people coming back to life just to vote, and then going back to the dead. Anyway, well, I remember there's like a funny joke out there that's like my podcast. Well, I remember like my uh, there's like a joke that says my grandfather said he would die before voting Democrat, but you know what? He did vote Democrat in 2016 after he died in 2015. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh my God. So what will be interesting is after this election, no matter what, there will be a new Republican nominee in 2024, and be, it's going to be very interesting to so see. Who do you think the nominee is going to be in 2024? No, never mind. Who do you think is going to run at this point? Do y'all think that? Uh, I, well, actually, I think we uh, we're about to run. Greg Abbott's going to run. Abbott's going to run. Cruz probably going to run. Abbott's going to run. I really don't think Abbott's going to run. If he does, I don't think he's going to get traction. Um, mm-hmm. I do think Cruz is going to run. So, better Nikki question. Nikki better Haley, question. I think. Who do you want to see in 2024 running? I want oh. Randall to run. I think. I don't want Randall. Can't handle the Randall. I don't. I don't want Randall. It's it's all going to be people that try to piggyback off of Trump. Um, so it's going to be. I think Trump Jr. probably would run, which you know would 
make me want to barf. But Charlie Kirk. <laughs> you know, I, I like I like Don Jr., but then I get PTSD from the whole Bush dynasty, and I'm like, oh, we're not doing that. We're not doing that again. Nope, nope. nope. So, I I could see Everett running. I think Trump Jr. probably probably would run. I think Crenshaw would run. Um, Is he old enough? I saw I saw a Dan Crenshaw for president group on Facebook, and I was like, oh god. That, that's I think no better. Would be mm-hmm. uh, thirty-five. Yeah, Crenshaw's Honestly, a no actually, for me. I think that Cruz has yeah, reached the maturity to be able to make a good president. I think that uh, in twenty sixteen he wasn't ready for it. Maybe it's the beard, but I feel like now, especially in twenty twenty four, you know, four years from now, I think then he would actually have the yeah. ability. And things like videos so, his Cruz's first term. Term. I mean, we also I mean, see president-wise, Cruz is most likely to win the nomination because. The way because Republicans tend to nominate the second place in the year before HW what got second so Ronald Reagan got second to Gerald Ford and and then HW was second place to Ron um, John McCain was second place to George, to W and Mitt Romney was second place to um, was second place to um, Mitt Mitt Romney was second place to McCain now Trump did throw a wrench in that. Um, but Trump threw a wrench in a lot of things. So Cruz is in the best position to win the nomination, though I think Nikki Haley would probably and get I think, it. I think Nikki Haley's going to be thrown in there, at least as a VP. Um, mm-hmm. Now, Trump endorsement is going to be like, who's he going to endorse in 2024, if anybody? Who is Trump going to endorse? Because especially if, Trump, if Junior's in there. Yeah, or if Trump loses in 2020 and then uh, – Decides he wants to hang around and runs again in 2024 mm-hmm. and just like haunts the Republican Party. That would be pretty interesting. Pulls a Grover Cleveland. <laughs> if Trump he lost, I don't, think, I don't think he'd run again. I think his ego would be damaged too hard. He'd I don't, no, he would say, though, that it was rigged by the Chinese. Oh, yeah, um, oh, yeah for sure. And it, you know what? It probably will be. I, I'm not, I, I mean, I mean, like he, like he will it's say either going to be rigged by the Chinese say, or the, the Russians, depending on who wins. No, what Trump is going to say is he's going to say that if he loses, it would um, what he like he won't contest the election. But what he'll say is that China essentially rigged it by releasing the coronavirus on us, and because they because they knew that Joe Biden was a weak weak man, and by releasing the, the coronavirus, DNC China, it's going to be the DNC did it using China. That's what yeah, it's using going. coronavirus to, to, to use COVID to crypt the economy. Now Joe Biden has not had any recovery. We will make America great again, again. Yeah. Like that's all right. <laughs> we love an impersonation, guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I'm so bad at the Trump impersonation. I well, never pull it off. well, I think that kind of wraps up our thoughts on the upcoming year's elections. Uh, so I think that does it for this episode. Uh, follow everyone you see here on social media. Follow Saving the Republic on social media. Uh, Be sure to leave a like and subscribe if you're on YouTube. Uh, We're out. If you like this content, please like, subscribe, share it. If you hated it, like, subscribe, and share it. Thanks for tuning in.